Michael Show. Glad to have you. Badgers took a loss over the weekend. They fell one spot uh, in the AP, a couple in the uh, coaches' poll. So the AP, they're down to 15, down to 16 in the coaches' poll. Marquette in the coaches' poll still sitting uh, at number 23. They have fallen four spaces, but they are out of the top 25. They're the first team out, so they're sitting at number 26 at this point, just ahead of Xavier. But uh, still good college basketball and, and a few more weeks yet to go before you get into the conference tournaments and then eventually getting into March Madness, which I I just can't wait for. You've got Serge Ibaka making his uh, debut for the Milwaukee Bucks. Pat Connaughton going down with a finger surgery, but uh, they hope to have him back come the end of the season. So we'll see what happens uh, regarding the Bucks, And we start to get more and more into college basketball. Nothing right now as far as Major League Baseball. Um. So they're, you know, Major League Baseball is talking about tweaking the tax rules and minimum salary requirements and um, that, it, you know, Rob Manfred saying that this could be disastrous for Major League Baseball as the lockout, you know, after the latest in-person negotiation didn't make any progress. Both sides basically left the table and said, screw it. So now we'll wait and see because they know that missing games, this this could be a, a bad outcome for, for both sides. But uh, we'll see what happens uh, with baseball. I, I just I think that they are so blinded by the almighty green that they are really screwing it up. They are just having issues anyway, and uh, to have any kind of an extended period of time without baseball, without any discussion regarding baseball, I think right now is already – on the verge of being not necessarily disastrous in the sense that they're going to, you know, completely lose their fan base. Okay. I don't think that, but I think disastrous in the sense that, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, this just puts another notch to make baseball lower on the totem pole than they already are. They have been overtaken by, I, I believe they've been overtaken by the NFL. I think we can all agree upon that. They might be right there with college football now. College football is a huge, huge dominant sport. They Baseball may be below that and fighting now for the popularity of the NBA. Baseball needs to get its stuff together. Uh, 877-867-1670. So we're on Radio Row on Friday, and we're sitting at the table, and over walks Joe Theismann, Hall of Fame quarterback. We all know his story. Uh, played many years with the Washington, uh, which now is called the Commanders. And a guy that is a very proud owner of Packers stock, has a great relationship with Mark Murphy. They played together, has very much an interest in the Green Bay Packers as that second team, so to speak. Might even be, with the way enthusiastically he spoke of the Green Bay Packers, might even be his, his first team at this point. Who knows? Because he may be somewhat of a guy that wants to distance himself from Daniel Snyder and the shenanigans that have gone on behind the scenes at the Washington Commanders. But he had uh, some strong words and strong thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and on Tom Brady and the state of quarterback play and what he thinks should happen and, and, and kind of the changing of the guard. Take a listen to what Joe, because this is going to lead into some of the thought and some of the things that we discussed with Mike Clemens coming up. But take a listen to what Joe Theismann, the Hall of Famer, had to talk about when it came to Brady and Rodgers. What people see so often is not necessarily the full picture of what a particular individual is. But if you if it's important to you, 
you're going to do everything you can to make sure that everybody that's invested is involved. Yeah. And that's what Tom did. You know, it wasn't a coach calling. It. It's different if a coach calls up. Right. Said, you know, you know, it's at stake tomorrow. You know, we have to do. Tom says, look, this is this is it. This this is our opportunity. It's look at Matthew Stafford. Right. This is actually it's this is bigger than Matthew Stafford. This is the Rams because the Rams went all in on Matthew. Right. So right. it's it's bigger than Matthew. Yep. Uh, and and the Rams are where they expected to be, and they expect to win the championship. Right. Because they brought Matthew in to do that. I think the Minnesota Vikings, the only team I can think of that did this a few years back was the Minnesota Vikings when they went and got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins yeah. When they made that deal for him. Right. They felt like that was the missing piece. And obviously the Rams, you know, I mean, they got here with Jared Goff. Right. And See, I tell people that. They, yeah, they got here with Jared Goff. Now they're here again with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Which, interesting, speaks volumes, I think, for, for Sean McVay and, and his staff. And, of course, Kevin O'Connell's going to go on and coach the Vikings after this. Yeah. Their offensive coordinator. And, you know, I call these guys the young guns. You know, they're the mid-30 guys mm-hmm. now. Sean McVay and, you know, Zach's another one. Yeah. Zach, Zach Taylor, coach of the Bengals. And you've got Matt LaFleur. Up, yeah, up Shanahan. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is I want to I want to uh, say this to everybody who are Packer fans. Um Congratulations to Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP again. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest pure passer that this game has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers would make a mistake leaving Green Bay uh, unless he can take Devontae Adams with him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, and I, which I don't see happening. Uh, I, I think that Aaron um, should be a Green Bay Packer. He should finish his career that way. Now, Joe Montana didn't. Right. Joe finished in Kansas City. Joe Namath finished in Los Angeles. You know, Marcus Allen finished it. You know, gr- the greats of this game have yeah. gone on. I think that Green Bay is the perfect place for Aaron Rodgers. I believe that the issues will be worked out. Now, here's the other thing that us as shareholders have to understand, right. okay? Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers was asking for $107 million for two years. That's $50 million a year plus. Yeah. If there is a $50 million quarterback in the National Football League, in my opinion, it is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's worth every penny because he is the difference maker in what they want to do because he has the ability that very few people have. He is like Michael Vick in regard. You can't practice for, against him mm-hmm. because the way he throws the football, it gets there before anybody you have on your scout team can throw the football so that your DBs can react right. accordingly. And he has a very uncanny nature. And, you know, we talk about Joe Burrow and, and the swagger that he has. Nobody has more swagger than, right, than Aaron. Right. You know, and, and I, I'm not sure what he's auditioning for. Maybe it's a Tarzan movie with his hair. I'm trying to figure it out right now. I was I was watching him last well, night. He said thinking, that there's, where's back, the next one? Back in the day, there was an area called Van Nuys yeah. that did a lot of movies, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. He looked like he was right off of the set. I think he's working. I, <laughs> yeah. But but to me on the other hand, I my hair was wasn't that long, but I let right. my hair go yeah. down to my shoulders. Right. But uh, it was, and um, the issue with Rogers staying or leaving, though, and I know we got to wrap it up because you got a minute, but it, is, it really comes down to money and what they can afford. They're so far over the salary cap. But what he's is, but he's on he's on hook for forty six five now. Right. Why not redo it? That's exactly uh, to me, what the to talk me, is. To me, I think I think he's I think he's got three really good years left. Yeah. You can invest three years. Can you work? Can you work the deal to create three years of opportunity? Right. And then what you do is just back, maybe I don't know the the way the capologists work, but is there a way to work it so that you know a, a percentage of it is bonused and can be paid out? Right. How does the cap work? But if anybody's worth that kind of money, he certainly is. And yeah. like I said, you're darn close anyway. 
right. with where you are on a cap number. Sure. Uh, you guarantee him the money and see what he wants to do. Yeah. Because if he goes someplace else, there's a learning curve. I completely and, and, agree. And who's going to be who's going to be around you? Right. I, I don't. Tom Brady was in a unique situation. He chose the right team with the right personnel in the right situation. Okay. Right. I don't know if there's a team out there. Could have been the Rams. Right. But they're set. Yep. That's the only other team I could think of that he would go to and say, you know, I can I can be the difference maker. Yep. That's Joe Theismann talking about Rodgers, talking about his future, saying, hey, get it done. He's worth the money. He's the value. If you can do this and make it friendly enough where he's still getting paid, but yet it's not killing you via salary and you keep the pieces around him probably three really good years left where he could still play at an MVP type of clip and you get the pieces in there and you have a legitimate shot at winning. If it's not about the money, you have ways to be able to manipulate this and do it and get it done. If it is about the money, well, then, you know, it is what it is. But if it's not about the money and you're able to kind of manipulate this thing and kick that can down the road and still make it friendly by the time it's all said and done to where he's not getting, you know, 50 million cash a year, then who knows? Maybe uh, maybe the Packers have a legitimate shot at keeping all of this. But we'll see if the Packers in that 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 shot from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and those that report on the NFL, they get this, quote, confirmation that if they indeed are posturing to say we want to make them the highest paid because they feel that he's going to leave, therefore they're putting a bright, shiny face on this thing, that's one thing. And then it's Rodgers just hell-bent on leaving then whatever was done in the uh, during the season was clearly not enough to make him happy enough to want to stay but um i i know a lot of people took his speech during the NFL honors award show as some kind of a salvo to say i'm out of here thanking everybody and 17 great seasons and going on talking a lot of past tense but that speech had past tense in it because he was being honored for something that he'd already done, not for something that he was about to do. So I get it. And again, um, it's funny because I th- there was more than a few people that just get mad because it's like, look, you have a chance to go in and dispel all the myths. And at the very least, okay, even if you're not committing to coming back to Green Bay, at the very least, say, look, I really say what you've said all along. I want to be I want to remain a Packer. You know, I want to remain a Packer. I'd love to be able to have my career end in green. He said that. You have a, He has a chance, every opportunity to come out and say he just doesn't. And he doesn't say he wants to leave either. Again, walking the fence. Walking that fence line. Trying to, uh, trying to keep, you know, I don't know if it's keep his name out there or whatever it is. Whatever, whatever's going on, it's, it's, for some it becomes quite, uh, for lack of a better term, quite irritating, I guess. Might be the best way to put it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hey, don't forget about our guys at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. They're good guys. They're veteran-owned. They're based right here in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, whether it's their barbecue sauces, the rubs, or now hot sauce line that they have, they're fantastic. Check out BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. And uh, all you got to do is get a hold of them and just tell them we sent you. They're good people. They can t- usually turn an order around within a couple of days. So uh, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com.
com. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, our buddy Mike Clements is going to be joining us. Uh, hang in there. we got a lot more. The Bill Michael Show as we wrap things up on this Monday edition, the day after a Super Bowl. A pretty exciting Super Bowl, the way things ended. And we'll wrap it up with Mike Clemens coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Our team came together at the right moments. And our best players shine the brightest when they had to. Um, something about being a part of something bigger than yourself is what's so special about this group. They're world champions. Love these guys. Just so uh, so grateful for it. So grateful for Mr. Crocky and being able to work for a great organization. And uh, here we go. Those are the words of Sean McVay. The Green Bay Packers, not out in L.A., but the Rams... They knock him off uh, the Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals. Six sacks, 12 pressures, and uh, Joe Burrow, um, they sacked him seven times total, but uh, six sacks in the second half of that game, and that's ultimately what did in the uh, the uh, you know Cincinnati Bengals and their opportunity to maybe even push the ball down the field and try to get yet another score as the game wound down. Joining us now from L.A., our guy on the ground out there, our own Mike Clemens. Michael, how you doing, pal? Good. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was still a late night, even though the game was earlier out here. Uh, but, you know, lots of good stories. And Joe Burrow, I thought the kid played pretty good. Um, you know, 22 of 33 attempts, 263 yards. Uh, the one touchdown pass, the one that went for 75 yards to get things going early. And he had a quarterback rating of 100.9, which is actually better than Matthew Stafford uh, in the game. And then he gets the ball with his, in his hands uh, with the final drive after Matthew Stafford and the Rams had that uh, incredible 15-play drive, 79 yards. And that first ball is up the left-hand side of Jamar Chase for 17 yards, and, and they're rolling. And then they've got a short pass over the middle to, uh, to Boyd. You know, Boyd had a drop in the previous drive, and I thought, oh, boy, that, I wonder if that's actually going to be a turning point of the game. And it did open the door for the Rams to, to make their drive. But then, as, again, like you mentioned, it was the pressure where the, the Rams just turned it up in the second half, and they went after Joe Burrow. Um, the, the first pass was incomplete. It was deep to the left-hand side. And then Aaron Donald, this guy just – I watched him a lot – uh, in the second half, Bill, because it's funny how he doesn't show up for two or three series, and then it's like when he needs to get a third or fourth down stop, Aaron Donald finds some sort of switch. But there's a, plenty of times where I thought the Bengals' center or their guards and tackles in the combo black block did a pretty good job on Donald. He's not that – he's actually only six foot, but he's just so strong and so good with his hands. So after the game, we asked Burrow on that final drive. It starts off with a 17-yard pass to Jamar Chase. Were you thinking, hey, we got this? Yeah, when we hit that first play, I thought we were going to go down and at least get a field goal to tie the game and send it into overtime. Um, you know, you got, again, you got to give credit to them. They had you know, they, they played their tails off for those four plays and you know, stopped us on 
third and one and, and fourth and one. So, you know, credit to them. Joe, the last play, what were you trying to do? It, it was just to what? Kind of escape with your life and get, get the ball out? But... Try to do anything you can to, to complete the ball. Um, you know, I was disappointed in my performance overall. I thought I could have played better, give us a better chance to win, but maybe let you learn. Do you view the, the playoff run and even the performance today as the start of something for you? Yeah, I think you know it's going to propel us into next year. We're going to have a really good offseason. I know we're, you know, we have a lot of hard workers in that locker room that are going to attack this offseason like they did last year. You know, obviously we're not, we're not satisfied with what we did this year. We're going to keep getting better and attack next year with the same intensity. Well, I you know, look, uh, I love his swagger. I love what he does, and I think he's uh, future. But man, they got to find him an offensive line. He's going to get killed, Mike. Yeah, it's true. And you know, it's interesting. Last week he was asked, you know, who do you hope to aspire to or improving your game over the years? He says, I want to play more like Aaron Rodgers. But I'm telling you, <laughs> by the end of the third quarter. I was kind of thinking, you know, Aaron Rodgers needs to play more like Joe Burrow. I mean, this kid just is fearless, right? And and he and he is accurate, and he's mobile, and he was moving the ball against that very tough Rams defense. So the one time he came up holding the knee, and you, there was a close up. I know you guys saw on NBC. He looked like he's in a lot of pain. So I watched him on the sidelines. He just kind of hobbled around. He's kind of shaking off the trainers. I don't know how bad that is. He was asked about that, but. Last night, Bill, it was so weird because I was listening to Kevin Harlan, you know, and Mike Golick, who you had on the show last week, who did the sidelines last night, and Kurt Warner, the Rams quarterback, uh, the Cardinals quarterback, the Hall of Famer. They were calling the game on the radio, and as I walked out of the stadium, there's Kurt Warner and his wife, Brenda, just out there in the parking lot waiting for a ride to get picked up, <laughs> which was kind of strange, and I was just <laughs> able to say hi to him, I, you know. And what's so weird, Bill, is, you know, and the SoFi Stadium, is, it's strange. It's just a different feel. I, I You know what? Uh, I still like Lambeau Field or AT&T where the Cowboys play better overall for the fans. It is tough traffic-wise getting into this place. It's just kind of a weird assortment. The Rams fans are weird. The Bengals fans look more like normal fans. The Rams fans, they just won a Super Bowl in their – it's, they're going out for coffee afterwards. They're, you know, strange, right. strange atmosphere. But Joe Burrow was asked, so, you know, you just came off the field after losing the Super Bowl, only 25 years old. Um, you know, what were your thoughts? And, and he also talked about that knee injury. You know, I, was, I watched the football life of, of Kurt Warner, you know, last week when we had a little, uh, little break and – you know, I kind of thought about this in the locker room, and then they they lost one, and you know, later in, in within the documentary they said or he said that you know they they let it sting too much that that they didn't celebrate what they accomplished. So you know we're gonna obviously it stings, but you know we had a great year. Didn't come out this last game the way we wanted to, but I think you know, we still have something to celebrate. Joe, when you were hopping off the field on one leg. At, you know, really not much medical attention on the sideline. You kind of just went about your business. Were you just pushing it aside, saying, I'm not dealing with this right now? Yeah, we were. We get checked out after the game. We'll get back to Cincinnati. But I wasn't coming out. 
I didn't think he would come out. I mean, just watching him, even if he had to hop onto the field. And one of the things, Mike, I thought was interesting in the broadcast, if you looked up at the monitor and you saw the TV real quick, they went to his mom and his girlfriend, who were both looking as if they were praying that he was okay. And then just before they cut away to go to commercial, uh, you could see his mother say, he'll be okay. And it was almost like it was like, okay, he's up, he's hopping. As long as he can hop, he's going to continue to play. But, yeah, that was that was kind of tough on him. Then, you know, the, the, the Bengals had a couple of key penalties, one that wasn't called that gave them a touchdown, but then down the stretch they had a couple that uh, also were called against them. Most of the game, those refs kept the flags in their pockets. I wasn't even sure at some points of the game if the ref actually went to the field with, with flags in the game. But it's fine. Let them play, man. And so, yeah, you're right. There was that one during that key 15 play drive where the Rams went ahead. Then the linebacker Logan Miller was that a holding call or or not? Did he just sort of have his arm around? I think it was Cup. So uh, Zach Taylor, head coach, was asked about uh, those kinds of questions about the Rams blitz in the second half and how they just unleashed that defensive line and uh, that holding call on linebacker Logan Miller. Well, it's a it's a good front. Arguably the best front in all of football. We're not the first team that they pressured. I know people will probably make it that way, but um, they got tremendous players that stepped up and made some big plays and, and made it difficult on us. Zach, do you think you could have done more play calling wise with screens and other things to, to sort of negate that pass rush? Yeah, there, there's probably going to be things we look back on and, and we'll have to analyze exactly what we could have done differently. Uh, we just did the things that we thought we needed to do to win the game. So what did you think of the, um, the call down by the goal line on Wilson? It's tough. I, I thought it was a, a really well-officiated game, to be quite honest with you. And and sometimes it comes down to moments like those. Um, I don't have a great look at it, but but I thought the officials did a nice job. How much were you guys restricted from a play-calling standpoint once they started to get a lot of pressure and, and, and Burrow got hurt? Well, that, that's the problem, you know, is is they get every tape we've watched. They, they hit every single quarterback almost on every single snap. And so it's a challenge. I thought our guys did a tremendous job early in the game managing that. Um, as the game gets on, you know, they did a good job creating that pressure. Um, and so when we had some negative plays in first and 10, you know, running the ball in second 13 is going to be pretty tough. Um, so, you know, it, it was just being more efficient in the second half and first and 10 would have helped us. I Look, uh, their play calling had to differ. I agree with that. But, uh, you know, I didn't understand the end of the game, Mike, where they take 15, 17 seconds to get to the line of scrimmage. Then they throw deep to throw it out of bounds when they could have just spiked the football. And then after that, they set up a running play. And, and wasted time. And then I, I just I didn't get it. I know they're trying to keep the rush off of Joe Burrow and to keep him honest and maybe hitting something, but I, I didn't get any of that. And that's the reason when, when it came down to making picks, I couldn't pick the Bengals because I just thought at times this the defense gets soft with that goofy zone that they play when they play so far off of the wide receivers to give them seven, eight yards a, a catch. And then the play calling out of Zach Taylor at times is somewhat questionable as well. And you saw that in – by the way, it was Logan Wilson was that linebacker. I misspoke. You saw that, Bill, in the game that went into overtime between the Bengals and Packers in Cincinnati during the season that – remember we talked about just, you know, you 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 forget, you, for, uh, you, you really appreciate what Aaron Rodgers does in the two-minute drill. And, and, and along with LaFleur, that what you see in so many of these other teams, and I agree with you, what was the deal with – that the call on that running play right over the shield and then followed by a timeout, you know, that just right. it made no sense. It made, that made no sense. That's something where both Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow are going to have to grow. 
The other thing that, you know, you talk about, so this Bengals team, were they Cinderella? Did they get lucky? Well, you know, they've made some really good picks between getting Burrow and then bringing in his buddy Jamar Chase. You've got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Those guys are 24, 25 years old. That, that's a core for you. Maybe that could, but, you know, or, or will Mike Brown somehow screw this up? <laughs> right? Know, yeah, they got a lot of money to spend. He could cheap out on it, too. Exactly. Or will they leave this Duke Tobin alone and let him do what he's done so far? Maybe start going after some offensive linemen. One thing that helps, though, with any building franchise is to get the fan base back. And Cincinnati has great fans, but they're so upset with you know, a cheap owner and a guy who keeps on you know, meddling or making the wrong mistakes. I thought this was an interesting question back and forth with the tight end, C.J. Uzama, on the Bengals fans this year and the impact that Burrow has had on the team at quarterback and in Cincinnati. What's probably the most encouraging thing that you've learned about Joe this season that makes you feel like, you know, y'all are going to be playing here, you know, another time soon? He should have been MVP. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. He's a f***ing dog. I mean, he's the guy. I, uh, he, he immediately makes our team better when he's in the huddle, when he's calling plays, when he's in meeting rooms, when he's in practice, telling us how to run things, telling us how he wants things ran. I mean, he's a, he's a dog. Hey, CJ, you know, before Joe B got here, since he really struggled with fan attendance and, you know, really establishing that football culture, what do you think this year showed that since he is a football town? You know, since he's lit, <laughs> um, since he's going crazy right now, I'll tell you that. Um, even today, shoot, since he fans came in bulks and just were, uh, they were going crazy. I, I love it. I love this. I love the city. I love them backing us the entire year. I love going out and people just yelling randomly, you know, just who day and, and trying to stop you in front of your car, like when you're at a red light. It's dope. It, re- it really is. Since he, since he's a fun place, I think uh, UC started it. Shoot, baseball started it low-key. Reds were on a run. UC started it, and, and we continued it on. So um, since, he's, since he's growing really big, and, and, you know, I'm excited to see kind of the fan base grow. You said, you said Burrow's a dog. You feel like, you know, with, with the, when he goes through something like this, do you feel like that's going to maybe just increase that or maybe amplify that as he continues to get older and get better? Uh, I would assume so. Last time, last time he lost a, a playoff game was, what, in high school or something, and he went on a run. So um, I expect nothing less from him. There you go. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Mike Clemens live in L.A., still hanging out after the Super Bowl. Hang in there. We're going to go. We've got a couple segments left to go before we uh, before we get out of here. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Skipper Buds. You can check out their huge selection of yachts and pontoon boats, sport and deck boats, fishing boats. They've even got the best in water sport, jet boats. They got those, too. There's cruisers, four winds, Mastercraft. I'm thinking uh, Tyga, Scarab, Starcraft, Smokercraft. Uh, so much more. They they just carry so many great lines, and they've got a good selection of used boats as well, but a ton of pontoons after the boat show. And they're starting to roll in. Finally, finally. So if you're looking to really upgrade your summer and maybe get out on the water, no better place to do it than Skipper Buds. Uh, call our buddy Todd. He's the GM. Todd's the one that makes the decisions. Go to the decision maker. 262-544-1200. That's 262-544-1200. Or just go to skipperbuds.com. But uh, the one out in Pewaukee, that's the one I go to right between Milwaukee and Madison, more towards Milwaukee. But you can come from all over. For a great boat deal, you're going anywhere. 
Call Todd, 262-544-1200, 262-544-1200. More with Mike Clemens, our guy on the ground in L.A., coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michaels show. We continue on. Matthew Stafford getting the win in Super Bowl 56. Now what's next for himself? Aaron Donald, obviously a question as well. Joining us uh, live out there in L.A., our good buddy Mike Clemens. And so, Mike, um, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk about Aaron Donald after this ball game and about what it meant to the Rams to get Aaron Donald to win, and I understand all of that. Uh, but now, what he'll do with his future? Yeah, uh, will he retire? And then, of course, you know, Mike Florio stirring up that maybe Sean McVay will quit as a coach now on top, and because he could get paid just as much, if not more, to be a network analyst, a color guy, or something like that, maybe become the next Madden. Um, I thought this was interesting. Those stories uh, on NFL Network last night, down on the sidelines or on the field after the game, when Von Miller said. You know, when I arrived from here in L.A. from Denver, uh, I, I had had an association with Aaron Donald, but like within an hour of the first practice, when we were working on some moves and some techniques and some, you know, some some uh, some scheme stuff. He said we clicked immediately and we started laughing, and they started. And Von Miller said, "Man, this is like I'm back in football heaven, like the year when they won." the Super Bowl with Denver, and they had Wade Phillips as their defensive coordinator then. So Aaron Donald was asked about that play, the final Bengals play where he gets the pressure on Burrow and that incomplete pass. I'm talking about the fourth down play? Yes. Um, got the chop club, got the edge, got a way to get to him. I thought he, I, thought, I tried to get the ball. He kind of spun around. I tried to thumb down. When he tossed it up, I thought he completed it, but he didn't. So um, just found the way to make a play, man, and, and, and found a way to close the game. Um, that's what we wanted. I think that's what the defense wanted. You know, we, we scored the touchdown, got the lead, and, and we know we're going to be able to close it out. So it feel good. All right, we saw you pointing toward your ring finger. We saw you do that as well during the NFC Championship game when you forced <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo into the turnover as well. Now that you are getting that ring on your finger, I mean, look at your smile, man. What's going through that head of yours? Oh, man, it's, it's a blessing, man. I, I dreamed it so long. I felt like, you know, we worked so hard for this. To see it come full circle and have an opportunity, you know, to call myself a world champion, call ourselves world champions, man. It's football heaven. Bob been saying that, man. And I finally get to feel it, man. Guys been telling me how I feel, the experience, man. To actually be here living it. Oh, man, it's surreal. It's surreal. You know, Mike, you had mentioned uh, Sean McVay. One of the things after the game, just dealing with really the coaching stuff, uh, I thought the, what changed the game at least uh, in a little bit in favor of the Bengals was when OBJ went down, when Beckham went down with that knee injury. Uh, and then he's seen, you know, on the sidelines, you know, openly crying after the win, more so out of joy. But uh, you wonder what his future is going to be and how bad that knee injury is. Yeah, I mean, the Rams only scored a field goal for the next quarter and a half until that final drive at the end of the game. Odell Belkett, Beckham Jr., who uh, was uh, courted by the Patriots, the Green Bay Packers. He said he was very close to maybe accepting the Patriots' offer, 
but uh, so glad he ended up going to the Rams. Ends up starting off the game with a touchdown reception on the right-hand side of the end zone there and had another nice catch for about 35 yards. Then he's going over the middle with a couple of minutes left in the first half, right over the middle of the field, and you saw him as the ball was headed his way. Suddenly he, his foot caught under something in the turf, and he immediately went down, grabbed the knee, was in a lot of pain. The doctors and trainers all around him, he needed to get help to go to the field. Then you saw him go in the locker room. Later he came back in street clothes and you know had that brace uh, around the, the leg. Now, uh, Ian Rappaport is saying today that uh, they're, they're concerned it was an ACL. He's got to have an MRI. But we uh, were able to hear from Sean McVay just an hour or so ago, uh, the winning coach and the MVP, do this press conference. And he was asked this morning, McVay, how bad is, how bad is Odell Beckham Jr.'s knee injury? Yeah, I don't know much right now, but I know what a huge impact he's had on our football team since we got him. Um, you know, it was heartbreaking to see that because how much that, you know, just to be able to get to that moment, and he had really made an impact with those two catches that were huge plays. I think he was in line to have a big game, but um, it did change some things, you know, because then they could really hone in on Cooper a lot more. Guys inevitably stepped up, as did Cooper and Matthew and when we had to have it the most, but it uh, it made it a little bit more difficult. My heart goes out to him, but uh, love, love Odell, really grateful for all the many contributions he made. We wouldn't be chance without him. It's uh, it's interesting. I, I it, boy, it seems like forever. But last uh, night when they made the uh, the the award speech, so to speak, uh, to give the Lombardi Trophy to uh, you know their owner, uh, Sam Kroenke, is Stan Kroenke out there? It, you know, five years is what it took, kind of in the making, to get him out of St. Louis, to take him out to L.A. to build that five and a half billion dollar stadium to really kind of turn all that stuff around. And. Not to mention deal with the L.A. traffic, right? Right. Oh, my God. I was telling people that about that earlier. You just I should have got an award myself for just saying I survived the I-10. Yeah. You know, if you're the head coach in Green Bay, there's no traffic. It's all football. It's easy to get around town to get your job done. And out here, like you say, they, hey, he's had to go through the whole politics of the, that building of the stadium. How many more distractions do you need? It's just it's crazy out here in L.A. Plus, you're coming back with a team that hasn't been here in 20 years. You're dealing with a fan base that's like, oh, you're back? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody really cared. And you get hired as the youngest head coach in the NFL ever, 30 years old. But, you know, you'd worked for it. You'd had that Kyle Shanahan and this guy, Matt LaFleur, at your side. Uh, Zach Taylor was one of your assistants for a couple of years. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has been your offense coordinator now. I mean, the coach, the guy just won his first Super Bowl, and look at the coaching tree, head coaching tree he's already got in the NFL. O'Connell's going to be going to the Vikings, and they're going to be taking the, the Rams' tight end coach, Wes Phillips, to probably be the offensive coordinator up in Minnesota. That's six guys, and he just won his first Super Bowl at 36 years old, youngest coach to ever do that. So I told you when, when McVay took the podium at the Combine in 2017, this guy is special. You know, it, it, it's... At some point, he's going to win one of these things. I also thought Les Snead was perfect for L.A., perfect for Hollywood. If he wasn't running a football team, he'd probably be one of the producers of one of these studios out here. And mm -hmm. so McVeigh was asked, how long did it take you and Les Snead? Did, did you think it was going to take a couple of years to change the culture within the building at the L.A. Rams? 
you know, I, I don't know if I look at it like that as much as I think there's been great collaboration really since I got on board, whether that was myself and Les and Kevin Demoff and Tony Pastors, a willing owner like Mr. Kroenke to support the decisions and things that we felt like are in the best interest of our team. But I think we've made a lot of good decisions to bring in the right people. You know, I've, I've, my dad said this before, and I think it's so true. When he was in the advertising sales, he used to say we compete with our uh, products, but we win with our people. And I look at it for us as, you know, we try to compete with our schemes, but we win with our players, coaches, people in our organization. And that's what's been right about the Rams. You know, and the other thing is he comes from a very much a football family. So it's, it's probably a family that was steeped in tradition as far as winning goes. Sean McVay's grandfather is John McVay. He was the general manager of the 49ers through the 80s and the 90s when they won five Super Bowls. And so Sean was asked last night, did you call your grandpa John last night, who's now 91 years old, after winning a Super Bowl? I, I did. He means so much to me. I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for the legacy that he set for our family. You talk about a class man that treated people the right way, earned every single thing that he got. Um, I'm just so grateful for him, and it was pretty special. And, um, you know, to be able to, you know, I want to be able to give him a ring. You know, he's got five, and I've mentioned to you before, he gave three of those away to his three sons. And to be able to, you know, know that he is so instrumental in me being able to even get, a, you know, a chance to coach in the NFL and be a coach, it's pretty special. Interesting for Sean McVay, like you had mentioned or said there, you know, it's it's a family affair, so to speak, and be able to give his grandpa a call. Pretty cool stuff. And then obviously, you know, uh, getting more, uh, you know, kind of on the field, you looked at what Donald did, but then Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup had a hell of a game. We cannot go any further than talking about Cooper Cup and the impact he had on that contest. Yeah, and he talked about getting a ring not only for himself, but for some of the veterans on the team, like Matthew Stafford, all those years he toiled in Detroit, the left tackle, Andrew Withworth, 40 years old now, safety Eric Weddle, who they just brought in a couple of weeks ago when they, they had an injury there, and Weddle said he played the game last night. He injured a peck in the first quarter and finished out the game, and Cooper Cup talked about that group on the Rams. There's so many guys that were so deserving that they deserve to win a Super Bowl. And you talk about someone like Eric Weddle and, and what he's, the, the respect he's had for this game, the time he's put in for him to come back after a time. I mean, what an incredible story of his. But to be able to send him off the right way, I mean, you talk about someone like Andrew Whitworth, who has done things right for such a long time. Um, Odell. There's, there's so many guys on this team that have just been Aaron Donald, obviously. I mean, so many guys that have just respected this game have just put in the work and the time. And so um, you know, that was a, a huge thing coming into this is, you know, so many guys just said, hey, we, we've got guys here that deserve a Super Bowl. we got to win this for them. And, you know, Coach touched on just how guys play for each other. And uh, that makes, uh, that's what kind of makes this team so special. You know, Cooper Cup had a hell of a year. Picking up Von Miller was uh, a great move. Picking up OBJ was a great move. They did a lot of things right this season. And even though, uh, you know, OBJ goes down with an injury, it really did all come together when they pushed the chips together. Yeah, and Cup with eight catches, 92 the yards last night, and the two touchdowns takes that helmet shot, still pops up in the game. The guy deserves to be the MVP, and he was asked, before they even acquired some of those guys, you came into camp, you knew you had Matthew Stafford. Did you think you had a Super Bowl team then? I mean, certainly. Um, I think, you know, you go into a season, if you're going into a a season and didn't think that you could win win it all, it would be a pretty depressing place to play from, so... 
You know, certainly. You go into every year believing that, understanding, though, that there's so much work that has to be done, so much time, so much effort, so much sacrifice has to go into that. Um, so you certainly go in knowing that that's the goal. But like I said, we take a, you know, a one-day-at-a-time mindset, you know, dominate every single day, and, uh, you know, hopefully you get presented with that opportunity to go out there and play on, on Sunday for uh, the World Championship. Well, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break, come back, and wrap things up. Mike Clem is joining us on the line live in L.A. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. segment before we get out of here it's been a good one a day after a super bowl a lot of packers talk obviously involved mike clemens joining us out in la as uh, we wrap things up and and mike you know it was it was a hell of a trip we had a lot of fun we did we saw a lot of things we kind of got worn out for lack of a better term but nevertheless it was uh it was fantastic and so we had a lot of good interviews a lot of good times met a lot of great people along the way it was a lot of fun well, you had a lot of great guests again. People like to come on the show, talk to Packer fans. It was great to get a pulse of the league. It was great. Some of the stuff that Joe Theismann you had you played earlier, that's just outstanding. Um, and I'll give you one other thing you didn't see on TV, and that's Johnny Hecker, the Rams punter, taking practice snaps right up before they introduced players out there. You know, he didn't care. <laughs> the game was about to mm-hmm. start. He was taking his kicks, man, because special teams matters. And, you know, Sean McVay's got a good special teams coach, and Jake and Camillus. And the last time the Packers were good, really, at special teams was around 04 or 05. That's when John Bonamago was there. He's now their assistant special teams guy. So that explains yeah. that. But I thought, I love this story that Jim McMahon from the 85 Bears, when we asked him, how did you end up being Brett Favre's? backup in 96 the year that they won super bowl 31 fact in 95 you guys came to cleveland early in the season and uh, andy reed was on the staff Mm -hmm. uh in fact andy and i were playing catch at the 50 yard line i'm in my browns uniform he's in his packers and he's going back you should have came here this year i said i know i've screwed up i don't like it here at all (laughs) i said but don't be surprised if i'm available and then the very next you know that that's a sunday on monday afternoon uh i'm in the watching the game game film at the quarterback meeting. I get up to go to the restroom. I I confronted the uh, GM that was giving me the runaround for the, for the 10 weeks I was there. They owed me money. They still owe me money. Yeah. And uh, that's how I got to Green Bay because I had him by the neck, kind of hit him against the wall a few times. I called my attorney and said, get me cut right now. Wow. And they did. And the next day I was up in Green Bay. So What was it like that year uh, with – with Brett in the quarterback room, that kind of did you just kind of get out of the way and let him do his thing, or did he did he ask you questions? No, we we discussed a lot, especially uh, and uh, training camp of '96. You know, I, I I saw what what day the Super Bowl was going to be, and I was talking to Brett. I said, "Look, this is kind of working out like it did in, for us in '85." I said, "We lost the NFC Championship game in '84." I said, "The Super Bowl is going to be back in New Orleans." I said, "It's on the same day." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know who would have who would have guessed we're going to play the same people that I played 11 years sooner? Oh, that's so awesome. it was a, quite a bit of deja vu. And I said, just don't screw it up because I knew we had a good football team. Right, and uh, he didn't. 
There you go. It was, a, yeah, it was really, it was good to see Jim McMahon at first when you and I both saw him, we're like, oh my God, because he was in a wheelchair. And then we realized that he had foot surgery and he had to be in a wheelchair. Although we did see him uh, over the, uh, later that night over at uh, Cigars with the Stars, he was just on crutches, but it was good to see Jim McMahon. Yeah, well, and it, it, it's an ankle too, and, it, and it's very much like the same thing Mikowski's gone through. And, it, and it's like the man told us off the air, he said, you know what, I should have had this done a long while ago. I had it last fall, then I got an infection. So, you know, if these players deal with these complications for years after they play, but they'd never trade in the chance that they had to play, and certainly for him, to win a yeah. Super Bowl as well. My good stuff, uh, survive the traffic over to the airport, and then after that you get home, and that's the easy part of it. So uh, great stuff all week long, and we will talk to you again soon, pal. Thanks for a great week of shows, Bill. Sure appreciate it. Thank you. It was a it was a fun time. Good stuff. There you go. That's our guy Mike Clemens on the ground in L.A. So uh, thanks to Mike and, and all the work that he did. I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. So we had an absolutely wonderful time and wouldn't trade it. Now we got to look forward towards well, hopefully spring training. We'll see. Uh, as we had mentioned just a little while ago, Major League Baseball still, um, you know, not back at the bargaining table with the players. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. If it does, wonderful. If it doesn't, then uh, we start looking forward towards uh, what? Uh, the Combine would be up next, the Combine, and then the uh, the NFL draft after that and uh, see what happens. So, you know, we got the draft, and then we'll find out here in the next three, four weeks and all the speculation about Aaron Rodgers. Will he or will he not be a Green Bay Packer? And can they or can they not? work out everything that needs to go into to kind of keeping them here so we'll see if any more rumors break in the next 24 48 hours go from there been a good one good to be back home i am uh, i'm probably going to hang out for a little bit and then i'm going to bed <laughs> going to bed maybe get up and watch some bucks magic tonight and uh not bucks orlando magic but just bucks magic and watch some bucks uh bucks basketball maybe a little college hoops tonight take it easy might be uh might be a night down in the bar a cigar might be in my future tonight and then after that who knows until we talk again tomorrow time for us to get out of here till then have a going the bill michael show podcast listen rate subscribe <laughs>